Good morning, church. It's great to be with you all this morning. Uh, again, if this is your first time with us this morning for Church Online, we'd like to welcome you. Thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Mark Persing, and I lead, I help lead the campus ministry here uh, in the New Jersey region in the Garden State Church. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to preach the Word of God this morning. And I really pray that as we dive into the Word of God this morning, that it'll be both challenging and inspiring to all of our hearts, and that we can really learn from Jesus this morning. So you can be turning in your Bibles over to Mark chapter 11. It's going to be our main passage today, and we're going to be digging in there in a moment. But I want to start off by asking you just a simple question this morning, and that question is, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you do if you knew you could not fail? What actions would you be taking? What prayers would you be praying? What decisions would you be making in your life right now if you knew you couldn't fail? You know, I think this is a powerful question to ask ourselves because I think this question helps us to see our need for God, our need for faith. And you know, us humans, we're, we're sinners, we have failed and we will fail again. So therefore, this question helps us to see our need for a God who is never failing. A God who is all-powerful and can make no mistakes. A God who can make something beautiful out of nothing. This morning, I want to talk to you about a world-changing faith. You know, last week, Sam inspired all of us with the example of the faith of Jochebed and learning from her. And today we're going to continue to learn about how we today can have a faith that changes the world around us. So I just have two points for us this morning. The first point is faith in him. And the second point is action for him. And my goal today is really to stoke your faith, to inspire you to step out on faith this week, to give you vision for what God wants to do in your life. Now, we all know Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so we always need to take time to evaluate our faith and to ask ourselves, do I really believe that everything is possible for him who believes that nothing is too hard for the Lord. You know, I don't know where your faith tank is at this morning, but I believe that every day we need a faith boost. And I hope that that takes place this morning. So point number one, faith in him. We're going to read a passage here in Mark chapter 11. We'll pick up in verse 20 here in a second. But just to give some context, what takes place before verse 20 is on their way to Jerusalem, Jesus and his disciples come across this fig tree that is not bearing fruit. It's only leaves. And so Jesus curses this fig tree. And all of his disciples hear him say to this tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And right after this, when Jesus and his disciples go to the temple, and, and they see people buying and selling goods and turning the temple into a marketplace, which is not obviously what the temple was made for. And this infuriates Jesus. And as he drives everyone out of this temple who's buying and selling, and he drives out really everyone that was distorting the purpose of the temple, as, as Jesus is infuriated in, in this moment, 
He also infuriates the religious leaders in the process. So Jesus is indignant. He's angry because just like this fig tree that he cursed, the temple was not fulfilling its purpose either. It was not leading to fruit. And so we pick up here the next morning in verse 20. So let's read here Mark chapter 11, starting verse 20. It reads, In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God. Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So this passage starts off with the disciples witnessing Jesus causing a fig tree to wither, the same tree that he cursed the day before. So they're freaking out. I mean, that's faith building enough just to see someone curse a tree and have it wither. But this fig tree is a physical example for them of the power of God. And so Jesus uses this opportunity as now he's got their attention to teach them about true faith in him. And the power that he possesses. And so the first thing he says in verse 22 is have faith in God. Jesus answered. That's what he says. Jesus points them away from themselves and towards God. And in verse 23 he says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. And check this out. And does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen it will be done for them. Jesus is saying that if you really believe, then it will happen. But in order to really come to belief, you need to put your faith in Him, in God, not you or, or the circumstance you're in, but in Him and in His power alone. Because without realizing it, we can so easily start to put our faith and our trust in other Things besides God. I've done this. We've all done this. We put our, our faith in money. We put our faith in ourselves, other people, leaders, media, whatever it may be. The list goes on. But verse 24 always challenges me. When Jesus says this, he says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. What Jesus is saying here, I don't know about you, but sometimes it can sound a little too good to be true. And it can be hard to believe. But Jesus, he gives them some clear advice here on how to pray with faith. He says that you should believe that you've already received it. And every time I read this specific passage, I say to myself, man, this is the power that I want to tap into. In my walk with God, I want to activate this. I want to pray like this. I want to have that kind of faith. Can you relate to me this morning, church? Is this a power that you want to tap into? You know, if we're being honest, it's hard to have this kind of faith. 
it's hard to believe the words that Jesus is saying here. As I was thinking about what stops us from having faith in him, I thought of kind of three main faith blockers, three things that can stop us from having faith in him. And I think we really need to address these things this morning. And I just want to ask you, what are the reasons why you don't believe that God can do anything? You know, here's some three reasons that I thought might be factors. There's probably more, but here's, here's three faith blockers. One is the past. Two could be we've just never seen it done before, what we're praying about. And number three is our faith isn't solely in Him. Meaning, we're, we're too attached in our prayers to what we can do and not solely, but what is God capable of? What can God alone do? You know, I know for me that the times where I've had a hard time believing that God can answer my bold prayers is when I'm thinking too much about what I'm capable of and when I attach myself too much. And that's when I can't pray the way that God wants me to. And I can't believe the things that God wants me to believe that he can do in my life and as I'm trying to help other people come to know Jesus. But I want to ask you, what is challenging your faith right now in your life? What's going on in your life right now that it's hard to believe that God can change it or that God can make a move? I love that Jesus says here in verse 20, again, this is our first point. He says, have faith in God. Man, it's way easier for me to have faith in God than it is to have a hundred percent faith in myself. Yes, we're tempted to rely on ourselves, but I'm insecure. I've made mistakes. I've hurt people. I get confused. I get rattled, but God doesn't. God is perfect. God is, is almighty. And so I should put my trust in him. And it's easier to put my trust in a, a perfect God, perfect being, than it is to put my trust and faith in myself. You know, once we bank all of our prayers on the power of God and what he's capable of, only then are we able to have a world-changing faith that is pleasing to God. A faith that, that literally affects the lives of those around us because we're putting our faith in him and not other things. Because when our faith is in him, it will lead to action for him, which leads us to our second point, action for him. Uh, turn over to James chapter 2. We're going to read here starting in verse 14. You know, we're all familiar with this passage in James about faith and deeds. And we got to learn this morning that, amen, we got to do that first step of, of kind of stripping away any other things we're putting our faith in. But once we do have that faith in him, we got to, it's got to lead to action. So let's read here, James chapter 2, verse 14. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the, even the demons believe that and shudder. Wow. It's a challenging scripture. Always stirs my heart. 
But I mainly just want to focus on what he's saying here in verse 17. You know, he says, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Man, that's that's convicting. That we can believe all we want. But James is saying here, truth, faith leads to action, which then leads to a changed world. So when we have faith in him, it's going to lead to that action for him. But anything we do must be all about him, all about God. Our our lives are just one big thank you to God, to Jesus. You know, so when we're able to be patient with someone, it's, it's for him. It's for his glory. When we're able to resolve a conflict, it's for him. When we're able to share our faith and be effective evangelistically, it's for him. It's for his glory. If we're able to help someone see their sin and be faithful to help someone come to repentance, it's for him. It's all for God to bring him honor. Not about people or even even kind of winning or winning God's favor by doing these things. No, it's just a thank you. But our actions are important. We don't act on our faith to be found worthy by God or to find approval. No, we act on our faith because he is worthy. He is a God that is trustworthy. He's worthy of our trust. He's proved to us on the cross and in his resurrection that he is a God that we can wholeheartedly put our faith in. You know, faith is why we're here. We're here today because God has had faith in us since the beginning, which, which makes no sense because we've let God down time and time again, haven't we? We've broken our covenant with him. We've broken trust in him. And yet God has never given up on us. He's never given up on you. God has always had faith in us humans to be his ambassadors to a lost world. He's always believed that we could possess a world-changing faith. You know, if God can stay faithful to us who are imperfect, then we can certainly stay faithful to him who is perfect. He has never let us down and he never will. If God can have faith in us, then surely we can have faith in him, church, even during trying times like this. And have our faith manifest itself in bold actions for him. Getting out of our comfort zones. Getting out of our boats and in a way walking on the water knowing that Jesus is right there when we do fall. But with him, all things are possible. You know, the greater the faith, the greater the action. And the lesser the faith, the lesser the action. And I want to challenge you this morning, if if you're not acting, if you're not taking risks and stepping out on faith in your life, then you don't truly have faith according to what James is saying. That faith without action is dead. And and obviously we don't want that. We don't want to, to have our faith be in a dormant place. But if you're not taking risks and not stepping out, then your faith is not in a place that is pleasing to God. And we must not try to convince ourselves that we have faith if our actions aren't really showing it. Faith without deeds is useless. It doesn't change the world around you. It doesn't get people's attention or make them ask you why you live the way that you do. You know, the world is lost. 
The world is hurting. The world is dying for people of faith to fight to have a world-changing faith and to lead by example in this way that our lives would show other people by our actions that, wow, there really is a God. By, by the way we can have peace in times of suffering. By the way we can love when the world stops loving. That our faith in Him is more powerful than anything that someone could experience. And you know, maybe recently your faith has been tested and you need a boost in your faith and, and just believing that God can do anything. You know, I would encourage you to take some time today and, and just reflect on past spiritual victories, past blessings. You know, David defeated the lion and the bear before he defeated Goliath. You know, it says your servant is killed both the lion and the bear. David, he remembered past victories to give him faith and confidence to overcome Goliath. What is your Goliath right now in your life? We got to remember what God has done. The past can be an opportunity to hurt our faith, but the past can also be uh, an opportunity to build our faith. Victories of the past are stepping stones towards greater victories in the future. But take some time to remember what God has already done in your life. You know, it's easy to remember the defeats, but sometimes it's so difficult to remember the victories of faith that have already taken place in our lives. We have to get better at remembering past victories more than our past failures and the failures of others. Satan wants us to hold on to those failures because he knows it won't lead us to have a faith that is pleasing to God. But I want to ask you, what are your spiritual victories? What do you need to reflect on in order to build your faith this week? We all have miracles that, man, right now you could name and think of if you took some time. And so I want to give you kind of a personal assignment. I know college students, you're just kind of wrapping up finals and the word assignment might have made you tick right there. But I want you to, to today or sometime this week to journal and write down five miracle stories, victories of faith that have happened in your life. It could have been years ago, decades ago, or just last week. But take time to write down those five faith-building stories, and in your small group, whatever your small group is in your church, have a time to share those stories, to stoke each other's faith, to remind each other of what God is capable of when we put our faith in Him. And I also want to ask you as we close out here, what is one faithful prayer that you want to start praying again this week? And to start praying as if you've already received it, as if it's already taken place, what is that prayer for you? You know, maybe it's for a family member or a friend to start studying the Bible, to start seeking after God. You know, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to tell you right now to take out your phone. And if you already have your phone out, amen, I'm not hurt. But take out your phone. I want you to text someone, somebody, a family member, a friend, a coworker, and, and text them whatever's on your heart. Whatever's on your heart, maybe it is saying, hey, would you want to read scriptures together sometime? Would you want to pray together? I don't know what it is, but take time to think about who do you want to put, put your faith in in this week as you put your faith in God? Who do you want to believe that, man, this person that I love, I believe that they can come to know God. 
Again, I want to ask this question as I started the sermon is what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? You know, I think faith is just really thinking what's the best case scenario? What can't God do in our lives? And that's just exciting to get thinking about is, man, what is God wanting to do in your life right now? In your family's life right now? You know, we're going to take communion here. And as I was mentioning before, man, Jesus, he took a risk on us. He stepped out on faith as he went to the cross. He knew that, that he would die and that he would resurrect, rise from the dead. But he knew that people like you and me could decide to not follow him. And he did it anyways. He said, I'm going to prove to my people that I'm a God that you can put your trust in and your faith in. Because my love for you is not conditional, but it's unconditional. God has always had a plan for us. And he's always had faith that, that we could be his image bearers. That we could show the world around us who God is by the way we live our lives. And we can see on the cross how much God really believes in us. Believes in you and me. And so as we take time to, to do this in remembrance of him this morning, as we meditate on, on the blood that was shed for us and his body that was beaten and torn, let us also remember that that's a moment where we see God saying, I believe in you. I, I have faith in you and that you can possess a faith that's a world changing faith that changes Lives around you one by one. And as lives are changed one by one, the world changes. Not because of us, but because we have faith in Him that's leading us to take actions for Him. And I don't know what that's going to be for you this week, but I want to encourage you to step out on faith. I hope that this was meaningful for you this morning. I hope that this was helpful for your faith today. And so let's take time right now to focus on Him. Let's pray together for communion. Father, we are so grateful for Jesus. We are so grateful for your love, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would increase our faith, that you would lead us to powerful times of prayer this week, that you would put on our hearts new prayers, new dreams for our lives, things that you want to do in our families and our community, God, God, we, we thank you for your blood that was shed. That reminds us, Father, that you are good, that you believe in us. And we thank you for your body that was broken for us, God. God, we pray that we can really meditate on you right now and think about your love and that your love would lead us to love others. We love you. We thank you for this time. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.